This is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is These Walls Within. I am early today because I got some errands to run later. So I hope you guys are having a nice, lovely day. It's beautiful outside. Um, you know, I want to, you know, talk about a few things, of course. I don't know where that came from when I said I'm going to talk about a few things, but I want to first start off by saying my heart and prayer goes out to victims of people um, during the tornado um, that happened in the Midwest and in Kentucky. I hope everybody is safe and sound, um, and my heart goes out to the ones that lost people. Um, I already explained to y'all, I was watching um, Day After Tomorrow. Y'all know I like disaster movies um, because I like to make scenarios up in my head on what I would do if I, if I was in that situation. Um, And you don't know what you're going to do when you're in that situation. I can't pass judgment on nobody. I can't say what people should do. Um, But I'm going to say this. As someone who lives in an area where tornadoes are prone, it is very unseasonable for those tornadoes to approach. Um, that means the weather had to be warm. It had to be at least 70 degrees, which is crazy because the day after the tornadoes hit Kentucky, I woke up and it was very warm in my room. Um, it's normally cold because we have some lizards downstairs, girl. We got some cold-blooded folks in the house, honey, okay? They have to be cold 24-7. So the heat does not really come on like that. Uh, so it was super warm. It was nice and crispy warm. Now I love that. I'm a Georgia girl, but for it to be that warm, I'm like, it had to be super warm outside and it did feel like spring. And we did get some storms, not storm storms, but we did get some rain and some thunder, light thunder. Um, but a lot of rain over the weekend, uh, which is because the climate is too warm. So clearly the climate was very warm and too warm and Y'all know I have my theories on how I feel about what happened with the tornadoes or something like that. But um, my heart goes out to the family and the victims of people who were affected in Kentucky and the other Midwestern states. I heard Missouri was one of them. Um, I think it was somebody from Missouri who said they were affected by one of the tornadoes. Um, so my thoughts and prayers goes out to all those families affected by the tornado it is very unseasonable for tornadoes to happen during this time of year. So it's very unexplained and unexpected weather It's December. Um, so we're on the cusp of, of, of the winter solstice that should not be happening. Um, which further pushes me to, you know, talk about, like, I'm going to say this later on this week. I will be talking about the day after tomorrow and why it was a controversial topic because it forced the Bush administration to look into climate change. Now, I don't know how I feel about global warming or if global warming is real or not, but I do know that those tornadoes that happened um, over the weekend we're not supposed to happen. Um, we are on the cusp of the winter solstice. We're seven days before the winter solstice. Um, and we're experiencing spring like weather. So yeah, I mean, if it's not global warming, what the hell it is? I don't know what it is. Um, so I will be talking about that later on this week.
Y'all know how I like to get my podcast started, y'all. This weekend has been coming to Jesus, honey. I had another weird dream. My this the next. Well, it wasn't a weird dream. It was a dream about me interviewing three six mafia girl. With what I heard about what people said about three six mafia, I don't know if I would want to interview them after after what I heard. But you know, you gotta deal with difficult spirits, and sometimes the spirits who are difficult, you never know that they are difficult. Um, but we're going to talk about what's going on today. And then we're going to talk about one of my last mysteries in history, which is the Vonage manuscript. If I said that right, I'm going to get it translated when I figure it out. But first, we're going to talk about uh, stories that caught my eye today. I'm noticing I'm not getting a lot of scientific stories. And I think it's because of the blogs I'm looking at. So I'm gonna be looking, I'm gonna start researching a little bit better because I feel like I always want to go into the science end of a spectrum and talk about things that happen in science and stuff. So we'll definitely be doing that more in the next upcoming year. Science, spirituality, and technology. We definitely want to look into that more this year, next year, next year. This year's over, y'all. It's done. Um, so I don't know if you guys heard, but Kimmy K passed her bar exam. I think she tried three times. And then the last time she had COVID with a 104 degree fever. That's what she said. Um, and I'm not trying to be funny. That is what she said. And um, she finally passed it after all her hard work. And after all her hard work and her privilege, she finally passed the bar exam, you guys. So congrats to Kenny K. You know, I got to get real with y'all on that, right? It's the fact that she didn't take the time to want to do the school years to understand law for me. Uh, for some people, for a lot of people, I know in California they have a certain system where you can just pass going to college and just do it your way. But... I think when you rush something, you don't learn exactly what you need to learn and you miss out on some things and you don't know the legality. Like the fact that you got Santonia Brown free and the true story is, is that she really was a whore. She really was a prostitute and she was of age and she got away with murder. So... Yeah, you should, if you, yeah, it's good that you pass the bar exam so you can exonerate more uh, people who are uh, prisoners uh, for no reason. But also keep in mind 
You need to educate yourself about what's going on. You need to educate yourself about the law and your education should not stop here. So congrats to Kimmy K once again. Next story is um, I found on TMZ. Did I see this? Did I talk about this on TMZ? It's a lot going on. And I think I'm going to do a podcast on these things. Um, I'm just going to keep the stories to talk about these things. But I'm going to say this. There's a lot of violence against women. And at this point, it's giving, uh, it's kind of sad. It's sad because there's a lot of violence against women, especially pregnant women. Um, I mean, I heard a story about a woman was pregnant and got shot and they purposely shot her. So... We will be talking about today. I know y'all heard about the story about the man that um, he murdered not only his girlfriend, but he murdered his ex-wife and he killed himself. I'll be talking about that. And um, I found this on itsonsite.com. His contributor is Ebony Kiera. And it says, um, a custody spat between the man, his girlfriend, then his ex-wife. Deadly as he confessed while on Facebook Live that he fatally shot his pregnant ex-girlfriend then then went on to do the same to his ex-wife before turning the gun on himself. The suspect who was responsible for the two murders is 44-year-old Reggie Raji Sharif Black. Black jumped on Facebook Live outside of his ex-wife Wendy Natalie Brown Black's apartment building. On the live, Black explained how he had been dealing with custody issues both with both women. Then he proceeded to say anything. I just did something crazy, man. I just shot my girlfriend in the head. As the live continued, Black said, it felt like a dream. I never thought I would be that guy. I can't go to prison. So the person that really started my depression and all of this is my ex-wife. So she's next. Then I'm going to do it myself too. The ex-girlfriend is seen opening the door and a video stops when the neighbors who declined to be identified said her ring security camera picked up the sound of six gunshots. When Baltimore police arrived at Edenbrook apartment, they found Wendy and Black dead. Police also found Black's two children, his BMW X3, in the complex parking lot. The girlfriend has yet to be named. I have talked about on my podcast about this whole system with the child support thing i don't believe in taking anybody on child support uh people got mad at joy chavez when she said that she doesn't take out child support she just expect them to do what they're supposed to do and they don't do their job she's not worried about it and i feel the same but once again this man kind of made his bed um he definitely needed therapy he needed somebody to talk to he needed somebody to consult with him uh to understand his situation he needed a caring and loving spirit in his life but he also needed to understand that you made these decisions to lay up with these women um so now these kids don't have parents so what are we going to do you dead too friend what are we going to do huh So you did, 
they mama's dead. What are we going to do? You can't lay up with everybody. You can't sleep with everybody. And everybody says it's the women. Y'all love saying this to little girls. Y'all love saying this to girls, but y'all never say this to boys. You cannot sleep with everybody. You can't lay up and have children with everybody because some of them are just in it for a check. Now, unfortunately, all these people are dead because he didn't have nobody to go to. He didn't have nobody to talk to. He needed therapy. He needed a break. This is why I say y'all push people to a brink. And I'm going to tell y'all a story. Well, I have actually told someone that I was spread too thin and they kept pushing me to where I broke. And I broke to the point to where I radio silenced that person. Once you try to break me and once you try to hurt me, I radio silence you. Now, once I radio silence, you should be very scared. Nine out of ten times, I'm getting my minds and my thoughts together and I don't want nothing to do with you around my life once I become radio silence. Most of the time, I have reacted to that like that. I have not hurt anybody, but he had had enough. But once again, he made his bed. So who gonna take care of the kids now? I will talk about more stories dealing with this kind of thing about, you know, basically femicide the killing of women. Um, this is crazy. But like I said, this man was pushed to his brink. By, let's just say this. It's society standards. Everybody has an idea on how to be a parent, but nobody really knows what the hell they're really doing. Nobody's helpful no more. You don't have a community of people around you to help you out. Does he have any brothers? Does he have, Do he have any friends that are fathers too that could have helped him out and ease his financial woes because I'm pretty sure the main reason was because of finances he didn't have the money to take care like that but y'all like having sex with bitches so so be it okay so Another story I found is on ballalert.com. Its contributor is Raquel Harris. It says a white Nashville man charged with assault after his mother called the cops on a black man because they because they didn't believe he was working. Girl. A white man had been charged after his mother called the police on a black parking attendant because they didn't believe he was at work. On November 27th, Johnny Martinez said he was minding his business while on the job as a parking attendant for a booting company at a parking garage in Nashville when he noticed two white people watching him from afar. Those two people were Edward Brennan and his mother, Bitsy Brennan. What do you want to know about what I'm doing in here? Martinez is heard questioning Bitsy in a record, recorded video of the incident. We just want to know what your job is and why, replies Bitsy, who Martinez quickly shut down with none of your business, Martinez. Then walk away, Yahoo News report. Edward then tell Martinez that this isn't his apartment and threatened to call the police on him. 
At one point, it's mentioned in their back and forth that this is a secure building. Martinez asked them how they think he was able to get in the building, and suddenly Edward can be seen trying to grab Martinez's phone. His mother can be heard telling Edward to stop. Hmm. Everybody needs therapy. Next story I found is from itsonsite.com. Its contributor is Shady Porter, and it says another Dugar family member is charged with a crime involving children, but yet y'all procreate and have all them other damn children. As 19 kids and counting star Josh Dugar faces fate in his child pornography case, another family member from the TLC show is in legal trouble involving children. His sister Jana has been charged with endangering the welfare of a minor, TMZ reports. Jana, the oldest daughter of Jim, Bob, and Michelle, was cited for the offense in September. News reports state she had allegedly pleaded not guilty for misdemeanor. It's unclear what even led what events led to the charges or whose children they pertain to, but she is scheduled to appear in court regarding the case in January. Jenna Legal Wells came to light right that her brother was convicted of possessing inappropriate photos and videos of a young girl. Prosecutors proved he tried to hide his legal down his illegal downloads on his computer. What do you think Jenna did? Mm. I don't have an opinion on this. All I have to say is, is this. When you see a situation and you think, wow, that's a perfect family. Not out of 10 times, it's not. Everybody adored them and thought they had the perfect little family and thought they were cute. And now you find out that they're screwed up because there's 19 people in a freaking house. Next story is from BallerAlert.com. Its contributor is Cabbage Patch Girl, and it says New Jersey scammer sentenced to two years in prison for stealing more than $481,000 in COVID relief funds. On Thursday, a man from New Jersey was sentenced to more than two years in federal prison for stealing more than $481,000 in COVID relief funds. Acting U.S. Attorney Rachel Ahongnig, Ahongnig, Announced that Bernard Lopez, 40 years old, of Sireville, was sentenced to a 30-month in prison for receiving fraudulent payment protection program funds for a fake business and and depositing a stolen altered treasury check of $211,886.87. Court document shows that Lopez allegedly deposited a U.S. Treasury check into a company called Pelzo Bank Management LLC. However, before the bank could identify the fraud, he removed the money from the fictitious, fictitious, fictitious corporate account. Lopez filed a fraudulent PPP loan on behalf of the company, a fake company he's claimed to own in June 2020. The loan was intended to help small business struggling during the pandemic. According to investigators, Lopez claimed his company had 25 25 employees, sorry, 
$192,000 in monthly payroll costs plus other mortgages and utility costs. Lopez's application was approved and he got $481,000 in $502. Well, $481,502 in emergency relief payment that he spent on personal use. We told y'all about them PPP loans, y'all. Next story I found from It's On Site and its contributor is Nayara. It says Trevor Noah sues New York Hospital and orthopedic surgeon over botched surgery. So it looks like the Daily Show host has sued an orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Riley Williams III, in the Hospital for Special Surgery located in New York City for a reported botched surgery, according to, independent, to the Independent. It's unclear the type of surgery he received. However, reports of the lawsuit have circulated. The case was filed on November 29th in the New York County Supreme Court. The law and crime obtained an extensive summit and reports filed by the Supreme Court that noted the surgery was performed back in 2020 on November 23rd. The lawsuit was based on negligence and has claimed that the doctor and hospital were negligent and careless and careless in failing to treat and care for the patient in a careful and skillful manner. The claim continued to accuse the defendant of failing to use approved methods and general use in the care and treatment. According to the law, a crime lawsuit continued to allege that the hospital then prescribed the comedian the proper medication and failed to discontinue certain prescription medications as well as to fail to use proper tests and examination to diagnose the condition from which the patient was suffering that ultimately led to the Daily Show Health suffering from a serious personal injury. The injury was described to be permanent, severe, and grievous, which left the host rendered sick, sore, lame, and disabled. I'm noticing this a lot. It's like they're focusing more on the pandemic and they're not focusing on the other things. You still have people who are getting sick from other things. So this is kind of sad. And see, not only you have to watch out for the men this year, you got to watch out for the bitches, too. <laughs> I met the women. This story is from BallAlert.com. It's contributed to Pistol Whip You. And it says, Florida man drugged, robbed a Rolex in $3,000 at the night of fun with two women. A South Florida man became an example of exactly what you, what you just can't trust everybody and why you can't just can't trust everybody. After a night of fun, he woke up with his Rolex, money, and two women he was hanging out with. Apparently, he was hustled. I wasn't thinking, said the victim. I've been drinking all night, and I hadn't made a bad decision. I'm just glad I'm alive. According to the victim, who kept his identity anonymous, he was drugged and robbed after meeting two women at a Brickle restaurant and bar, WSVN News Report. I know for a fact that they drugged me at the hotel, said the victim. The woman allegedly made off with his Rolex and $3,000 he had for his night of fun. He said he was picked up by two women and then taken to the President Hotel in Hialeah to have drinks. He took a sip of 
alcohol and woke up the next day alone in the last thing he remembered. I instantly looked at my wrist and noticed that my watch was gone, he said. Went to my bag that I had and saw that $3,000 in cash that I had was gone and I felt like a sucker. Just because I went out and I had a good time and had a few drinks doesn't give them the right to pray and spike my drink and rob me. So we have toxic masculinity and toxic fe toxic femininity going on here. Um, this, I think, I, <gasps> I think I posted on my um Instagram, but I will repost some uh, a post where they said they could tell if your drink has been spiked, just in case you know you want to know. So, yeah, this is kind of sad, and this is ridiculous. Um, people join in to scam everybody. I can already tell y'all about the catastrophic uh, tornado that hit Mayfield. Um, so, we already talked about that earlier. The next story is um, from instonsite.com. This contributor is Ebony Kiera. <laughs> Feds are poorly upset with Kanye West and Drake. <coughs> Concert to free Larry Hoover. Call him one of the worst criminals. Says we all witnessed the beat be settled between Kanye West and Drake and the two iconic rappers put on a free concert in support of free Hillary Hoover movement. But the feds were in complete shock that they would put on a show to push freedom of such an infamous gang member. According to TMZ, federal prosecutors were surprised to see Six God and Ye support a and Ye support such a movement. Seeing as Larry Hoover was that what was what the feds say one of the worst of the worst criminals. However, I mean uh, Hoover is serving six life sentences in a federal prison. He was indicted of drug conspiracy, extortion, and engaging in organized crime. Although fans were in support of Drizzy and Jesus. The feds fed, feel as though the two could have picked inmates better, picked a better inmate. Could the two could have picked inmate better deserving? Yeah, people who were in trouble for uh, civil rights crime. How about that? How about getting some of the members of the Black Panther movement out? But you know, it's neither here nor there. This is why I say, you know, your wife passed the bar exam. Is this to get out people who are criminals already? I'm just questioning people's motives these days. Um, Y'all know everybody's favorite movie to watch over the Christmas holidays is Home Alone. Well, it appeared that Home Alone star Devin Rattray, who plays Buzz McAllister in the flick, had a spat with his girlfriend that got so bad someone called the cops to get things under control. Um, This came from TMZ TV. Maybe he just want to be home alone. All right. So the next article I found is also from TMZ. It says Bezos did some damage control Saturday, saying he was heartbroken over the tragedy as one of his Amazon plants. This after being radio sounds about the death and as he celebrates his latest flight into space. So apparently there was death at the factory. We ain't going to talk about that, but there was death at the Amazon plant. We're going to go deeper into that. If y'all want to see 
they're going to use this right here because it's human error. You know, it's human error for humans to die. So this is going to be where they're going to start pushing into robots. And y'all going to get pushed, pushed out of your jobs for robots because y'all get easily broken. The next story I saw yesterday is from the Neighborhood Talk, and it says, Kim Kardashian little babies are woken up every morning in December to the sound of Philip Cornish playing the piano. I mean, she just had, like, a totally good weekend. Right? Like, her weekend was just great. She passed the baby bar after 4,000 times and not passing it. She wakes her kids up to a human being playing the piano. And, like, it's just everything for her. Chloe, you need to get, like, Kim. <laughs> Get your shit together, Chloe. You're starting to drag the family down with all that bad stuff happening between you and your baby daddy. And by the way, leave Black China alone, girl. Leave Black China alone. Why you need to know how much she made, bitch? How much you made? I heard you the least paid Kardashian. Girl. I don't know what is going on, but my nasal passage is irritated by something. And I don't know exactly what it is. <laughs> so the next story I found is um, from BallAlert.com. It says, Michigan woman faced jail time after hiring an assassin to kill ex-husband from fake website. Contributed to the story is Erin Boogie. Says a Michigan woman is facing prison after hiring an assassin through a fake website to kill her ex-husband. Wendy Wynn, 52, pleaded guilty last month to solicit solicitation to commit murder and illegal use of computer of to facilitate a crime. She meant to use a rent a hitman, a fictional website offering professional hitman services. Girl, in July of 2020, Wynn requested a cons consultation by filing out a form, filling out a form on website. She believed she was contacting the site's chief consultant, Guido Finelli. This kind of weird that your company is not on the deep or dark web, she wrote in her message, according to CNN. I prefer not going to jail. Thanks for your time. Well, you shouldn't hire someone to kill them. They're going to always figure out if you try, if you pay someone to kill somebody. Don't be stupid. And you said, I can't believe you're not on the dark web. You couldn't find nobody on the dark web to kill them for you? Instead, she was mentioning the site owners, Bob Ines. Ines run the site to fool people looking to hire to contact killers. Once he received an inquiry, he waited 24 hours to see if the person has cooled off before contacting authorities. It reached, he reached out to Wynn after 24 hours and as she was still interested, to which, which she replied to, she replied she was, she was. Ines gave her information to Michigan State Police and they sent a plain cloth officer to meet with Wynn. The undercover officer met Wynn in a parking lot in South Rockwood. She offered him $5,000 to kill her ex with $200 upfront and travel expenses. Wynn was taken into custody at the meeting. She is scheduled to be sentenced in January and facing nine years in prison. That's all she get? 
See, they're tricking y'all into doing stupid stuff and y'all not noticing it. <clears throat> the next story is about uh, Shawshank Redemption, Jen Shaw. Mm-hmm. This is from TMZ and it says, Star Jen Shaw pleads with her husband to believe she's innocent and accuses his family of abandoning him after her arrest. It's so crazy how sensitive a bitch can be. I need to find another word to describe uh, awful people, awful people. I just I use the word bitch to describe men too, but I need to find another word to describe awful people. But bitch is one of them. Um, next story is on the neighborhood talk. It says J.K. Wallen disagreed with the cop allowing rape suspect with a cucumber to identify as a woman. Huh. So it says JK doesn't think it's fair that the rape suspect with penises who have harmed women are allowed to identify as women as well. Thoughts on the neighbors. That is very interesting. You decide to uh rape women and you're supposed to identify as women. Don't most people who identify as women are like men? So I don't know how I feel. Are you you want to identify so you make it seem like two bitches are fighting? Is that what that is? That's weird to change your mind after that. The next story is from also from Team Z TV. It says, former NFL running back Zach Stacy told cops the brutal attack on his ex was all staged, saying she is set she set it up because he didn't want her to be with her. Um, that's this is where it gets iffy because to me, you if you knew it was staged, why did you beat the living shit out of her? If you knew she was she was catching you like a Pokemon. Why will you why you continue to beat the hell out of her in front of your five-month-old son? To me, you beat her ass like there was no cameras. And men always resort to that little bitch ass. She's mad, I don't want her. So you beat the shatter. Girl bye. This next story, hopefully this is my last story. It's from BallerAlert.com. It says, Chicago police say he wouldn't have arrested Jesse Smollett if after apologize. This contributor is Cache Roberts, and it says the Chicago police chief is coming forward about Jesse's staged hate crime hoax and how he wanted him to simply apologize. Eddie Johnson, the Chicago police chief, department chief, in 2019, told Morning in America the full story about wanting the actor to apologize. He's not. Cancers don't apologize for when they're wrong. He said, I want people to understand this. This was not the most heinous crime of the century. He didn't kill anybody, but he didn't blow up a building. Johnson continues, we would have been more than happy with just an apology at the end of all that we have covered, but for some reason... He just wanted to keep going down this road that he was actually a victim. Smollett was found guilty on five felony charges last week after staging a racial and homophobic attack in 2019. So I agree with him. Show some humility. Show some humbleness. Be humble. But you ain't gonna get that. He a cancer. 
And he a cancer on the Leo cusp. So, nah, you wasn't going to get that. He, he was going to sit in the shit regardless of how I know anybody felt about it. That concludes today's topics. I damaged my stylist, girl. So, I want to finish off my histories, mysteries. Um, I could have did this on Friday, but I didn't want to. Anyway. Um, this last one is about a pamphlet. Um, so... I hope you guys enjoy histories, mysteries. I really do. I've enjoyed histories, mysteries. I'm kind of missing histories, mysteries week. Because after this, I'm kind of going to go cheesy. And then we're going to have Christmas next week. And then after Christmas, I'm going to do my year in review where I'm going to review myself and talk about some stuff that had happened that had went down this year. Y'all don't know what happened. There's a story that I kind of hinted it went, went down, but I never really did that. Um, so this is The last histories mysteries and it's for the Vornich manuscript. Sit back and relax, get some hot chocolate, get some eggnog, get by the fireplace, have you some snacky snacks. We're gonna be talking about the Vornich manuscript. I found this article on the library.yale.edu. I think it's the Binick. B-E-I-N-E-C-K-E dot library dot Yale dot E-D-U. You don't know how to spell library. You don't know how to spell Yale. You don't know how to spell E-D-U. E-D-U is E-D-U. Um, so that's on you, boo. It says the Vonage, the Voynich manuscript, a mysterious undeciphered manuscript. It's related it says, the Vonage Manuscript, Yale University Press 2016, the first authorized copy of this mysterious, much speculated upon one-of-a-kind centuries-old puzzle. Edited by Raymond Clemens with introduction by Deborah Harkness, the Vonage Manuscript is produced from the new photographs of the entire original and accompanied by experts' essays that invite anyone to understand and explore the enigma. Many call the 15th century codex, commonly known as the Voynich Manuscript, the world's most mysterious book. Written in an unknown script by an unknown author, the manuscript has no clearer purpose now than when it was rediscovered in 1912 by the rare books dealer Wilfred Voynich. Voynich. The manuscript appeared and disappeared throughout history from the libraries of the Holy Roman Empire, Rudolf II, to a secret sale of books in 1903 by the Society of Jesus in Rome. The book's language has eluded decipherments, and its elaborate illustration remains as baffling as they are beautiful for the first time. This facsimile, the facsimile, 
completes with elaborate folding sections and allowing readers to explore the enigma. It is all a stunning detail. Explore this enigma in its in all its stunning detail from one of Kine Varnage's text to illustration of the otherworldly plants of familiar constellations and naked women swimming through fantastical tubes and green baths. The essay that accompanied the manuscript explained what we have learned about this work from alchemy, cryptographic, forensic, and historical perspective, but they provide few definitive definitive answers. Instead, as New York Times bestseller Arthur Deborah Harkness says in her introduction, the books invite the readers to join us at the heart of the mystery. Written in Central Europe at the end of the 15th or during the 16th century, the origin and the origin language and the date of the Voynich manuscript named after the Polish-American antiquarian bookseller Wilfred M. Voynich, who acquired it in 1912, are still being debated as vigorously as his puzzling drawings and undeciphered texts. Described as a magical or scientific text, nearly every page contains botanical, figurative, and scientific drawings of provincial but lively characters drawn in ink with vibrant washes in various shades of green, brown, yellow, blue, and red. I'm going to say one thing. Y'all be sitting up here using big words trying to sound smart and shit. But it's the ignorant ass people who winning. Okay, y'all saw that boy that was out there. He couldn't say jalapenos. Y'all be using these big ass words. I'm already exhausted from reading this. Already, let me continue. Based on the subject matters of the drawing, the content of the manuscript falls into six sections of botanical containing drawings of 113 unidentified plant species, astronomical and astrological drawings, including astral charts with the radiant circle, suns, and moon zodiac symbols such as fish, Pisces, a bull, Taurus, and the archer, Sagittarius. Nude women emerging from the pipes of ch chimneys in courtly figures. A biological section containing a myriad of drawings of miniature female nudes, most with swelling abdomen, immense or welling in fluid, and oddly interaction with interconnecting tubes and capsules. An elaborating array of nine cosmological medallions, many drawn across several folded folios and depicting possible geographical forms. Pharmaceutical drawings of over 100 different species of medicinal root herbs and roots portrayed with jars or vessels in red, blue, or green. And six continuous pages of text, possibly receipts, recipes with star-like flowers marking each entry in the margin. For a complete physical description of defoliation, including Mr. Lee's Cedar Voynich Catalog record. Record. History of the collection. Like its context, the history of ownership of the Vonage manuscript is contested and filled with some gaps. The codex belongs to Emperor Rudolf II of Germany, Holy Roman Emperor, 1576 to 1612, who purchased it for 600 gold du ducats, believing that it was the work of Roger Bacon. 
it is very likely that Emperor Rudolph required that acquired the manuscript from the English astrologer John D. D apparently owned the manuscript along with a number of other Roger Bacon's manuscripts. In addition, D stated that he had 630 ducats in October 1586, and his son noted that D, while in Bohemia, owned a book containing nothing but hieroglyphics, which book his father bestowed much time upon, but I could not hear that he could make it out. Emperor Rudolph seemed to have given the manuscript to Jacobus Horkiki D. Girl. An exchange based on the inscription visual only with ultraviolet light on the folio one R, which reads Jacob Jacoby de Tepenix, Johann Marcus Marcy of Proland presented the book of the Athanasius Kircher in 1666. In 1912, Wilfred M. Vornich purchased the manuscript from the Jesuit College at Frankfurt. Fascati near Rome. In 1969, the Codex was given to the Brennick Library by H.P. Krauss, who had purchased it from the estate of Ethel Vonage, Wilfred Vonage, Widow. Widow. That concludes this podcast. Let me tell you why I think the Vonage, the Voynich, Manuscript is. Y'all gonna be like, oh no. <laughs> I think it's a spell book. Mm-hmm. I think it's a spell book, either a spell book or a book on how to plant herbs and roots and stuff like that. But I think it's a spell book. Um, there's pictures of the pages and what it is. I'm going to definitely post it on my Instagram and I'm going to post it on my Facebook. Y'all know my Instagram is lady underscore Tiffany Ma. Um, my Facebook, my Facebook is kind of personal, but I do post my podcast stuff on it. Is, um, I think it's Tiffany, just Tiffany Marie. Um, so y'all can check out the pictures of the pages of the book. I don't know what it's saying. Nobody know what it's saying. We don't know what it's written in. Um, so y'all go check it out. Maybe you guys know, know it or whatever, but be careful when you're looking at something like that because you don't know what's really the reason behind it. So check out the pictures and all that. Um, and of course, y'all know it said it has new women on it. So with that being said, um, it is rated R. Mm-hmm. So be careful when uh, watching it, you know, or looking at the pictures, you know, make sure somebody under 18 is not looking at those pictures. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed my podcast about the Voynich manuscript. And I hope you guys look at the pictures and the pages and what you think that the Voynich manuscript is about. Tomorrow, I will be talking about the day after tomorrow because I want to talk about what happened um, over the weekend, which was a storm. Um, The storm that happened in 
Kentucky and the other Midwestern states. I mean, Kentucky is a Southern state, but it happened in Midwestern states as well as Missouri, you know, like Missouri. Um, so thank you guys for listening to my podcast. This is Lady Tiffany Wall, and these walls are thin. What you do in the dark will come to light. Somebody got to find out what the hell that manuscript's saying. Because, uh, you know what? I think it's best we don't know. Because if we do know, it might be a spell or something. I don't know. I don't get good vibes from that manuscript at all. I will tell you, I think it's a spell book. And I don't get good vibes from it at all. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I am like a sell outie, and I will also be talking about a new scam that's been happening. It's called a fake violinist scam. I found this out when I was watching Casey Connection Girl. Y'all fake playing the violin to get money? Somebody was watching August Rush. I am so outie.